Hi there, and welcome back to the Meredith Page podcast. In this episode, we're going to be covering the tips and tricks that I've been implementing and that other businesses and content creators do to create this idea that they're everywhere and on every platform at once, but without reinventing the wheel or burning out. We're going to cover creating content in batches, scheduling content in advance, repurposing content so you're maximizing your efforts, and so much more. Let's jump in. Running a small business while raising small humans in a small town is tough, but it's the kind of tough we chose. Why? Because it allows us to reach bigger financial goals whilst also having the freedom to prioritize things on our terms. So how do we make sure it stays that way? How do we make sure that the businesses we build continue to set us free rather than becoming something we're enslaved by? Well, that's exactly what I'm using this podcast to find out. I'm Meredith Page. As well as being a wife and a mum, I'm a marketing strategist from regional Australia. I'm connecting with the small town entrepreneurs from right across the country. I want to know how they make it work, raising a family and running ethical businesses whilst maintaining mental well-being and healthy boundaries. And every now and then, I'll throw in something I've figured out too. This is the Meredith Page Podcast. So have you noticed some people when they're marketing their business seem to be like everywhere at once and you're looking at them going like for the life of you, you can't figure out how they're doing it. Like their Instagram is constantly full of new content and Facebook and they've got reels and stories and then there's an email and a podcast or they've got a video series and it kind of feels like you're looking at it going, how on earth are they creating all this content and running their business and I'm pretty sure it's like, just, like, do they have a massive team I don't know about? Um, have they gone and hired someone and I'm not seeing that? Like, what gives? How are they making so much content? Well, I wanted to introduce you to a concept, if you're not doing it already, or if you haven't heard of it already, that a lot of us in the marketing space know and use to our advantage, and that is batching. So the idea is that you create content in batches and you repurpose content as much as possible. Um, so let me explain what that is. So unless you're up on all like how the, all the scheduling tools and everything work, you might not even know that you can sc- schedule social media content. So the fact is you can actually create large volumes of content up front and then you can have it scheduled on Facebook, Instagram, insert platform of choice here um, to come out every day. You can have the text preset and the captions and the, vi- the visual. Everything can be done and ready to go. Um, and then it's just released weekly, monthly, however far in advance um, you're organized. And so you can give people the impression that you're appearing on these social media platforms every day, um, when really you're not. You've probably tipped a bit of energy in once a month and scheduled everything in advance. And then whatever tool you're using, whether it's the native um, like meta business suite inside Facebook and Instagram, or if you're using a scheduling tool, it's doing all the work for you. You can give it a set date and a set time, and then it will send the content out in advance. So that would explain how these people are seeming to appear on social media every day, um, even though they're not. What they might do is they might allocate a little bit of time each day to respond to comments or um, reactions or have that bit of engagement, just so people feel like it is organic content, that there is someone on the other end of the screen. But how do we account for the volume of content they're creating? Um, well, a lot of that has to do with repurposing. 
What I mean by repurposing is they have what would they what they would put, we'd probably refer to a number of different ways, but essentially a core piece of content. That's one. Um, it might be one big thing you write, like it might be a long form video, like a bit of a training or a walkthrough. Um, it might be a podcast, like what I do. It might be a blog, depending on on what you can sustainably create over a long period of time regularly and what your audience is most likely to engage with. So you have to do a bit of thinking around that. But then what you can do is you can extract um, pieces of that core content and turn it into individual posts or sayings or quotes and things like that. You can also repurpose the original piece of content in a variety of different ways. So it might be best to sort of walk you through my process and then you can see how one piece of content can turn into a variety of pieces of content as a finished product. And not only do I have I started building this strategy around the one piece of content, I've also then been layering stuff in as I go. So what you can what you can eventually get to is once you have like your core content, the core the big thing that you make weekly, weekly's ideal, or at least one for each week if you're going to create a batch. Um, what you can then do too is you can layer in additional strategies. So once you've got this the core system set up. Um, then you can layer extra stuff in and I'll show you how I've done that. So what I started doing, um, once I kind of tried a few things and found my niche, I decided that podcasts are really good for me. So podcasts became my core content piece um, because like, it was something that my people could sustainably listen to while they were doing other things. I didn't want to be encouraging my audience to be stuck to their screen for 20 minutes, half an hour. I know they didn't have that kind of time. I wanted them, if they had 20 minutes, half an hour to spend sitting down, I'd rather spend them spend it doing much, something else than watching me talking on a screen. If I can join them while they're walking the dog, cooking dinner, spending time by themselves at the gym, if I can join them for that experience with my podcast, great. So that's what I decided to do. So what I do is I record the podcast. I use Anchor, which is an app created by Spotify, completely free. Um... So I record it in Anchor and then I send it off to my VA. Now what she does is she, we pre-recorded some ads and like some intros and outros. So she, these are all sitting in essentially little audio packets inside my Anchor library. So what she'll do is she'll edit the audio for my podcast and then she'll add in the introduction sort of audio packet at the outro, which is like the thanks for listening if you want to know more, a few sort of calls to action at the end of the episode. She'll put an ad in the middle, a few transitions. So we've basically got well, essentially a podcast template set up where it's intro, first section of the podcast. Oh, sorry, we have synopsis, which is where I give like a brief wrap of what the episode's going to contain. And then you hear the intro music with the introduction to the podcast episode. Then you get the first chunk of the episode itself splits with an ad comes back to the second chunk of the episode and then there's an outro but all i'm recording each time is the synopsis and the the, the podcast episode itself she then cuts it into pieces and fits it into like our audio template um, so then that gets published and anchor is really good because it will publish it on like apple podcasts um google spotify a few other places. It'll do all that as soon as you hit publish. It's really good like that. Um, another good one is Buzzsprout that I know some of my clients use. But it does all that work for you. You don't have to go to all these um, apps and platforms and post it yourself. It can do it for you. So then what she'll do is she'll then create a page on my website where the synopsis text then becomes like the, the chunk of text that follows that, 
that podcast around the internet. So what I mean by that is this, the, the synopsis, so the, the rap I kind of record in explaining what the episode's about, that gets transcribed. Then that text is what gets published with it on Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, things like that, insofar as it's like the description of the episode. That same text then lives on my website as the explanation to it because I have like a little um, audio kind of uh, code. So it's like something you can grab out of Anchor and stick on your website and becomes like a little audio player. So there's a page for each of my podcasts on the website that has links to where they can listen, where people can listen, um, a little audio player so they can listen on the website itself and a text-based description, which is the synopsis. Um, that's also really good for SEO because it should be full of keywords if you're mentioning critical kind of pieces of information that are going to be covered in the episode. So that's on my website. It's adding value to my website. Then what, sh- then what my VA will do is she'll also create a post promoting the episodes going live. So that's a template we've got sitting in an app similar to Canva. She'll just update the name of the episode and um, she'll add in she gets like a little 15 second snippet of the audio from the synopsis and then it becomes like a video post. So when you hit the post, you'll get like a little snippet of the audio from the episode. And then the caption of that post is again the synopsis. So this all sounds like a lot, but a lot of this is templatized. So just a quick recap from where we are now. So you've got the audio template where I just record it. She cuts it in half, sticks it in the audio template in and around intros and outros and things like that. She then publishes it, um, Spotify and Anchor take care of the rest. She puts it on my website, which again is templated. She just copies it, um, she just replicates the page, updates the synopsis and the audio file for that episode. Boom, brand new page on my website with all this great content. Then we're talking about promoting the episode on my social media platforms. Again, it's a template. All the um, work's already done. She's just got to update the name of the episode in the post, make sure the synopsis text is in the caption for that post. Make sure she drops in a little 15 second grab from the new episodes. So people get like a mini preview and schedules that. That goes out when the webs- when the episode's officially published. Then the next step, as she's listening to the episode, she'll extract like a little nugget of gold or a particular thought that she thought um, was quite strong. She'll turn that in one of those text-based quote posts that you see a lot of. And then that will get scheduled out in a couple of weeks' time as a way to kind of mix up the content and the conversations I'm having on my channel. So that will be another post that will come out in a couple of weeks' time that she'll schedule in advance. And the the theming is already there. She's just got to kind of reword the caption, maybe invite some discussion around it. And there's another piece of content that we've created. And then we've got email. So every week I'm emailing my audience, letting them know what the new podcast episode is and just sharing my thoughts. So again, that's a template sitting in MailChimp. And all she does is drop in a picture. So the graphic we created for social media, that's um, th- that's scheduled out there. She creates just like a JPEG version of that. So there's no movie. It's not like a movie. It's just a JPEG. That goes into MailChimp. She takes the synopsis, puts the synopsis text again in the email. And then she just writes a brief introduction to the email about what's coming up in this week's episode, schedules that to send. So that, hopefully you can follow along with all that, but that is how I start by recording just the podcast episode. And that's the journey it takes all throughout my um, templates that my that my um, my person, like my virtual assistant works with. I set all those templates up so they're all on brand. And she just uses those templates to create the content each week. And it's become a really slick process. It's really good.
Now that we've been doing that for three seasons, now we're looking for opportunities to get even more out of the system. So now what I've started doing is this video will actually become a podcast episode. So rather than recording it looking like a hot mess sitting in my car, okay, you might still see some of those and that's totally cool. Um, I'm getting to the point now where I will record myself on video. This will be the podcast. And then what will happen is she will take this and cut it down into 30, 60 second reels. And what we'll do is then we'll extract the audio from this video and that will become the podcast audio. So then, and then the same system applies. We put the audio into Anchor and then off we go again. But what we've done is we're layering in this extra sort of part of the marketing where now we're creating reels out of the content as well. So I'm gonna get all this great video content that's also springboarding off what I'm talking about for the podcast. And so that's why it's it's important to just get started. Pick a core piece of content that you know will work for both you and your audience, something that you can create regularly and that is conducive to their lifestyle. They're most more likely to engage with it. So once you've figured out what that is, um, build a system around it, get the system really slick, and then look for opportunities to layer in more sort of um, opportunities to extract more out of the work you're already doing. So the effort it takes me to record a video is no greater than the effort it takes me to record the audio, just I'm getting the visual component now as well. You might be looking at this going, yeah, okay, well, how do I know what core content is going to work for me? You might try a couple before you find the right fit. I think sometimes with marketing in our small businesses, because we're really time poor and we want to get the most bang for our buck possible, we spend too much time trying to do the perfect thing first. So we want to try and skip that troubleshooting test and tweak step. Unfortunately, you just can't. I don't, like in my experience, you can't. You can't skip the step of trying the wrong thing for a bit. Three years ago when I first started really kind of solidifying my marketing strategy, I started out doing like live trainings because I, I enjoyed them and I thought other people would enjoy them too. And they were, they were woefully over-engineered. Like I'd create a script, I created a slide deck so I could have my face in the corner and then have, you know, the slides appearing behind me. Um, I'd script it out and then by the time I'd put all that effort in um, and then I'd recorded it, then I edited it, published it, bugger all people saw it. And so I did that for a few months and I'm like, I'm putting way too much effort into this to get very few people to watch. And look, I really appreciated the few people that did watch it, but it was not enough to justify the effort I was going to. And it also made me realize maybe this isn't the format for my people. Maybe my people do not have the time to sit there for 15, 20 minutes listening to me monologue over a script because I wasn't presenting like this. I was just monologuing. Um, maybe they don't have the time for that. Maybe this isn't the right thing. But that wasn't a waste. Like, A, I know what doesn't work now. I can check that off the list. I can go, you know what? Long-form scripted video, mm -mm, not good for me, not good for my people. But I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't have tried it. What it was also really good for is my presenting skills because I got all the crappy reading directly off the notes, the mumbling, the need to have everything rehearsed to an inch, to its, you know, the inch of its life. I got all that out of my system then. So none of that was a waste. Like I got to figure out what didn't work for my audience and I got to hone my skills. So then I went to Instagram lives and they were really good for a while. Um, I knew I had to 
just bite the bullet and do it live because live was going to stop me from agonizing over you know perfecting the finished result and editing and all that stuff if i did it live it was like well too bad it's out there in the universe can't do anything about it now and that was really good for a while and that would go for about 15 20 minutes sometimes but again that's when i sort of realized that not many of my i don't want to be the reason my people feel like they have to sit 15 20 minutes and watch something on Instagram. Like I was trying to be more mindful of my own social media consumption habits. Um, and so if I was trying to put better boundaries and better habits in place in my life, I didn't want to be using my content to encourage people to be continually perpetuating bad habits. So as much as they were really good, they felt more unscripted, they felt more conversational, I got a lot of good feedback from them. I then took those skills that I developed and transition them over to the podcast. And the podcast was great. Um, and it's been going really, really well. It's really good for me to produce. It's a great way for me to collaborate with other people and bring other voices into the conversations I'm having. Um, and I can record it in my car at 11 o'clock at night if I'm trying to get some out the door. And I can skip the visual component if I want to. If it's a case of, look, I haven't had a shower yet and I've had a really crappy day, but I know I need to get a podcast episode out today. I'm going to sit in the car because the car makes a really good sound booth too with all the padded surfaces. Um, I'm going to sit in my car and just bash one of these out. I can't. So it, it allows me to maintain flexibility of my schedule as well if I have a day that goes a bit pear-shaped, which happens a lot. That's, that's life for us in the small business raising a family game. So don't agonize over getting the right piece of content first. You may need to experiment with a few in order to get to the one that feels right, but you're not going to know that straight off the bat. I highly doubt it. You're going to have to experiment with a few things and try it out. But if we keep in mind that marketing should not be looked at as direct sales, we shouldn't be looking for direct gratification financially from our marketing. Marketing is more like farming. It's about planting the seeds and sowing the seeds now in the heads of our um, ideal clients. So when they're ready to buy, we're top of mind. So don't be afraid to test, try a few things, see what fits for you, see what doesn't fit for you. You will eventually get there, but you won't find your thing unless you just start. So start and try to get the system up and running as quickly as possible. The minute you start, Look for ways you can streamline it, take the bit out of it that's just you that you can't replicate and find ways to create a system around the stuff that anybody could do at any time. And then go from there. Hopefully this helps you guys get a bit more consistent in your marketing strategy um, and gets you on more platforms more often but without taking more of your precious time.